This episode of Tour Denver is brought to you by Pete Belan, Carbon Beverage Cafe, and Colorado Creative Industries. Tour Denver is a bi-monthly storytelling event produced by Amber Blaze and me, David Reinhardt. Hi, I'm Amber Blaze. Tour events take place live at venues around Denver, Colorado. Each night, a theme is chosen and three curated storytellers share their tales. In addition to the three chosen raconteurs, audience members have an opportunity to sign up and tell their own stories. All of these stories are told without any written notes, with each storyteller living in the moment with the audience. See the full schedule of upcoming raconteur events and listen to other episodes at raconteurdenver.com. This raconteur event took place on January 10th at the Ubi Sabubi Room under the Thin Man in Denver. Our topic this evening was arrested. Our raconteur this episode is Brenton Wayey. Brenton explores the human experience through the power of words and performance. He is a lecturer, essayist, award-winning poet, and polymath. He has traveled to over 55 countries engaging communities in the beauty and potency of their untold stories. He has been featured in the LA Times, Huffington Post, and many other sources. So, our story has four principal characters. And we'll give a little backstory on each one. Character one, my best friend of nearly 15 years and roommate at the time, Joseph Chihuri, who is in the room currently. Um, he and I have been great friends for a long time, and uh, we've embarked on a lot of adventures. And it's important to know that he's just a great host of people, and he's very, very good at... He's also a Denver native, so he's very, very good at giving people the Denver experience. Character two, uh, an ex of mine. We'll call her Elizabeth for this story. Uh, she and I were both... We had one of those very tumultuous love stories. We were both artists and creators, and so there were... There's a year where I was chasing her, and then a year where she was chasing me, and then finally we ended up getting together. And uh, we dated uh, for about seven months in a sort of intense kind of whirlwind of a situation. And then life kind of pulled us apart because of moving and work and religious ideologies that could never be reconciled. And so our, our situation never really had a, a resolution to it, so it kind of just evaporated into the ether. Character three a Hollywood director named John Kesselman. He uh, is the director of the film The Hebrew Hammer, among many other films. And so uh, he was uh, definitely an adventurous man who was involved in this story. And then fourth was myself. And so the story happened a few years ago. Joseph and I were living downtown at the time in Denver. And we were some of the top Airbnb hosts in Denver. And so we know we get a nice Airbnb request... And we're like, oh, there's this guy, John Kesselman, just some guy who had glasses who looked like a, a hacker from New York. And so I was like, oh, Joe, what do you think? And he was like, yeah, this guy seems cool. Let's, uh, let's accept him. So I was like, okay, fantastic. So you know, a week or two later, John comes through, and he's coming inside our apartment. He's settling in. And you know, he's like, oh, nice to meet you. My name's John. And we're like, oh, Brenton, Joe. And uh, we're like, John, what, what are you here for? And he's like, well, I have a, a new film that I'm working on called Jimmy Vestfood with uh, comedian Maz Jabrani. 
And uh, he was like, I'm doing the advanced screening in Denver. So I'll be here for three days doing the screenings in different places. But I have one night where I'll be free. So I want to explore Denver to the best of my ability and uh, really see what the city has to offer. And so he was, and so Joe and I were like, yeah, you know, we'll take you around. We'll show you a few places. And we pulled another one of our friends as well who was there. And so we go to the Highlands, of course, the, the first stop for anyone who needs the Denver experience. And so we're, we're hopping around. And we end up at the forest room. And so we're hanging out. And John is like, oh, so what do people do? What do people do in Denver? And I was like, you know, John, they, they love their exercise. They love their dogs. They love their mountains. And... Uh, you know, <laughs> that's pretty. That's what we do here. <laughs> that's what we do here. And so I, he was like, yeah, so, you know, can we have a good time tonight? And I was like, yeah, John, what kind of night are you trying to have? Are you trying to, like, turn off or something? And he was like, he's like, what is that? He got this very puzzled look on his face. And I was like, you know, like, like turning up, like having a good time. And he's like, I'm not familiar with that term. Like, could you explain that to me? And so I was like, John, basically turning up is when you have, some friends and some drinks and you, you go on an adventure and hopefully end the night in a good place or a familiar place, hopefully. And so he's like, yeah, you know, you know, my wife's not around right now. So I think this is a good this is a good situation for me to do so. And so we're like, great. And so we're taking John on this little like bar hopping tour of Denver in the Highlands. And he gets this call from his wife and he's like, honey, honey, I can't talk right now. I'm turning up with the boys. And so, <laughs> and so he, 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 he hangs up, and he's like, you know, I'm, I'm, all, I'm all yours now. I'm all yours now. I was like, great. So at some point during this, conver- during this conversation that we're having, we're just walking through, and the sunset is, you know, just cascading across the amazing Colorado sky. I, I look at my phone, and my phone is ringing, and it's Elizabeth. And that, at that point, we hadn't talked in almost two and a half years. And so I was like, oh, I, I don't really know what she wants. And so... I was like, all right, guys, I, I just got to I gotta take this. And so I kind of, you know, remove myself to the side, and they go to the next bar. And so I pick up the phone, and I was like, hey, Elizabeth, what's up? And she was like, hey, Brenton, how's it going? And I was like, oh, it's going pretty well. Like, how are you doing? And she's like, oh, yeah, I'm doing well. And we, we exchanged pleasantries, and, you know, she's beating around the bush. And I was like, so, you know, it's been many, many months, 30 months. Like, what's up? And <laughs> she, you know, just, just a few minutes have passed, and... She was like, I just wanted to tell you something. I was like, oh, what's that? And she's like, I wanted to invite you to my wedding. And I was like, ah, okay. She's like, yeah, I'm getting married in about two weeks here. And uh, you're a really important person in my life. And, you know, I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of friends. And you're not just some ex in my mind. So I wanted to give you the respect of calling you and, and really extending you an invitation. And you're a person that I still want to be in my life. And so I was wondering if you would consider coming. And so I was like, wow. I was very taken aback, and I didn't really know what to make of it. And so I was like, I'm going to need a little bit of time to think about this. But in the meantime, let's catch up. Let's, you know, let's see what's been going on over these last couple of years. And so we're talking and exchanging pleasantries. And I'm telling her some story or another of travels in Asia when I was living there. And she stops me again. And she was like, okay, stop, stop, Brenton. Just like, I need to tell you something else. And I was like, all right, <laughs> what's up? Are my Thailand stories not enough for you? <laughs> and she was like, I'm still in love with you. And <laughs> so at this point, you know, I'm just, I, I kind of stop in my tracks and I was like, aren't you getting married in two weeks? And she was like, yeah. And so she was always one who's very good with words. And she was like, 
over these last 30 and a half months, I've been, <laughs> I've been on a journey sort of, you know, traveling from place to place, but also being sort of trying to escape my own self, as she put it. And she said that I realized that even though, like, we have a future that we were never able to create together, there was a point in time where I couldn't run away from it anymore. And so she was like, I know that the train of life has to keep moving, and I have a lot of expectations to fill in my own mind and in the minds of a lot of other people. And, of course, I love my fiancé dearly. And so she was like, I had to return home. And she was like, everyone needs a homecoming of some sort at some point in their life. And so she was like, it's a hard transition for me. And she was like, maybe I won't feel this way in a year or two, but that's currently how I feel. And so we're continuing this conversation. And I'm, you know, I'm just meandering around Denver now. Somehow I've made it downtown. And... Uh, I'm looking at my car. So I got to my car, and my car was parked uh, right on 19th, right on 19th Ave. And uh, I was feeling really good about my car at the time, and Elizabeth was telling a story, and I, I started just zoning off because someone had hit my car while it was parked just the week before. And uh, I was looking at it, and I got it fixed in detail and all that stuff, and I was like, yes, I did a really good job. It looks great. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, Finally, you know, we're talking for another, like, 45 minutes. I have no idea where Joseph and John and everyone else had, had ended up. And so finally we get to a head where she's like, all right, we've been talking for, you know, two and a half hours. You've really dodged the question. Are you coming to the wedding or not? <laughs> and so, you know, I just kind of stop for a second, and uh, I go to answer the question. And as I'm, I'm looking over at the street, and I, I, I'm looking at my car, and uh, just – Things just slow down for a second. And then I just see just a flash of an object come just out of my periphery, and I just hear, bang! And someone just crashes into the front of my car. Mind you, my car was the only car on the street. And so they just, you know, the car is just reeling back down the hill, and I was like, Elizabeth, I got to go. I got to go. Someone just hit my car. This is the second time this happened in 14 days. Like, I just, I can't talk to you right now. And so I was like, I'll call you back, I'll call you back. And she's like, okay, okay. So I hang up the phone, and I'm just, woo, I'm getting ready. So I was like, I can't believe this happened again. Like, I'm really going to give this guy a piece of my mind. Like, so I'm just, you know, I'm getting all the words ready in my mind. And so I'm, I'm just approaching, and I'm just, I'm marching down toward the other car. And I see someone exiting the passenger side door first. And so I'm just like, yo, man, like, what the hell's going on here? And I, I turn and I freeze again. <laughs> who is it? My best friend, Joe. <laughs> and who gets out of the driver's seat? Our guest, Hollywood director John Kesselman. <laughs> and he was like, Brenton, Brenton, I'm so sorry. I'm from New York. We don't drive there. Like, I just, I don't know what happened. Like, we were turning up, and then I'm driving. I'll pay for it. I'll pay for it. I swear I'll pay for it. And I was like, John, this is crazy. <laughs> And so I was like, I don't know what to do. I turned to Joe. I was like, Joe, what should I do? What should I do in this situation? And he's like, you just got to roll with it. And so I'm giving him the lowdown of this conversation I've been having. I was like, you guys could not have picked a worse time to crash into my car. And so John was like, you know, we'll assess the damage. Like, you know, like, let's go out dancing. And I was like, John, I don't know where Joe has taken you, but I like this. I like this side of you. And so, you know, we start walking back toward our apartment, and I was like, you know, I just got to gotta take a few minutes to, to wrap up this phone call. And so I call Elizabeth back, and we're talking, and I was like, you know, I think it's the right decision for me to actually not attend the wedding. 
And so she's like, you know, I, I respect that. And uh, she's like, I'll just leave you with this. She'll say, she said, Brenton, you've the strength of the Greeks, and I believe in your every breath. And that was the last thing that she ever said to me. Um, and so we're walking back, and I'm just, you know, looking over, and I'm talking to John. And so I'm giving him the lowdown on what had happened over the last few hours, and he's given me the lowdown himself. And so he was like, oh, man, that's a really intense conversation. Like, oh, I'm really sorry about that. And I was like, yeah, you know, it's just life. You know, it's just how it goes. And he was like, you know what? You having this crazy conversation, me crashing into your car, it'll make a really funny story one day, won't it? <laughs> and I was like, ha, 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 John, I should have you arrested. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Racking Tour Denver. If you enjoyed this story and live in Denver, join us at Spangling Brewery on March 7th for our next Racking Tour event with the topic of nicknames. Here's a reminder to head to RackingTourDenver.com where you can find upcoming events, speaker bios, podcasts, and more. The music for this episode was created by Kevin Larkin. You can find more streaming on SoundCloud at Amateur Astronomy. And of course, we would like to thank our sponsors, Pete Bland, Carbon Beverage Cafe, and Colorado Creative Industries.